Hello? Yeah. Hello. Can you hear us? Bird? Did we, did we lose Bird? Opened them? No, he, he's he's having a conversation with his with his coworker. I is think is that throwing us off at all? <laughs> is he doing that thing where he like has conversations with people, but he doesn't realize it. <laughs> I feel like we should have like Jeopardy music playing right now or something. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I just texted. I just messaged him on Facebook. He's like, "Oh, my bad." <laughs> oh man! Should we just like put a Put a plug in it and call it a night and... This is Kaiju Transmissions, and of course, this is your host, Bird, and I am joined here by uh, two, two uh, upstanding gentlemen. Would you, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Well, it's, it's, it's Matt, of course, and uh, we have a special guest with us today. Why don't you introduce yourself, special guest? I'm not quite sure I appreciate the connotation behind special. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's something you can dig in there. But yeah, this is Eric, uh, back from uh, the Showa Gamera episode, Shin Godzilla, Godzilla 2014. So I think the Showa, Showa Gamera episode is still one of my favorites, by the way. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was fun. That was a good one. So, um, we are doing something a little different today. We're not talking about any movies. We're going to talk about collecting uh so these guys here they collect the toys uh and um and then well but so i'm I'm assuming they'll have all kinds of stuff to say and i'm not it's all gonna sound like a foreign language to me um first i want to interject real quick already um matt do you do you have like a like i know some people get like offended at the word like toys it's like they're collectibles or they're action figures do you have such a sort of they're toys trigger? man <laughs> <laughs> they're toys. we're 30 we're, we're 30 somethings collecting toys let's call it what it is i've seen some people rage out man so i'm just i'm just checking nah, they're toys I was wondering I, about you. they're toys come on man we're, we're 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 kids we're adult kids we're we're yes. trying to not adult so much is what it is yeah okay um, and we'll also touch on books, movies, whatever, whatever else there is to collect, which is pretty much everything. Um, and some of us have things that we collect more than others, so we'll, we'll dive into that. Um, everyone doing okay? We, we got, I don't know, you guys are in Ohio, but out here in Michigan, we just got a big dump of snow out of nowhere. And it was... How many... How many inches of snow would you uh, say that you have? We had ten and a half. What? 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> what did how, you how much did you get, Eric? Yeah, what, what did you get, Eric, down in I don't want to say in, now, man, because like, it was like Snowmageddon here, but like, okay, so we're um, sort of southern Ohio, and we have maybe maybe an inch, maybe two inches, but it's <laughs> really, really, really wet snow, right? And people lose their minds on the roads every first snow of the year. And, like, you got two extremes. You got the people, like, just breaking the whole time or the people just, you know, <laughs> they've got their trucks and they just have time for no one. And that, between those two extremes, it causes tons of accidents. Like, I, I saw someone actually go through a telephone pole and through a fence. Uh, <laughs> oh, <Ow>. yeah. Man. <laughs> I, I don't know how they get to be going pretty fast to do that. I just like, we got there right as it just happened. It was, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, bird. You, you don't understand. Like the first snow of the year in Ohio is the worst because it can be literally no accumulation of snow and people drive like they're in a blizzard. Like it's a, like it's a whiteout. Oh, it's like, like they will here. drive. It's like they're here it's 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 just awful but you have 10 inches of snow we have one it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense and i think i think it was compounded because like this was a total surprise like if you looked at the news they're like yeah we'll have a light dusting but it won't stick (laughs) like the entire day it snowed (laughs) no it was yeah it was it was bad uh well i'm glad everyone's safe um I'm glad everyone is keeping warm out there in the cold. I, I don't know what what's the temperature like over there for you guys. Thirty two, thirty, something like that. Twenty eight. Yeah. I don't know. That's probably yeah, around what we are. It's it, it, it's cold out here. So cold in the D. <laughs> I have so many questions, but I just uh, you've never seen yeah, that, you've never seen that like uh, YouTube video. No, Probably man. not. Oh, but man. you said D, and my my mind went somewhere totally different. No, the D. Than, yeah, in, me too. I'm like the D is <laughs> no, the D is in Detroit. But we're not from Detroit, so we don't think about the D being Detroit. We think about the D being something very different. Yeah, I just all I know about Detroit is RoboCop, and that's about it. So that's literally what I imagine Detroit looks like all the time. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it, it, it's. It's uh, it's a wasteland out here. I'm not gonna lie. It's like I Mad imagine. Max, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you guys fight for oil. <laughs> Since Trump got elected, hate crimes have increased 65 percent. Sweet mother of. <laughs> so that's the world I'm living in. I hope that's a made-up statistic. <laughs> it's it's unfortunately not. I read that article earlier today, and it's it was from like an international news source, so it wasn't even like uh. You know, it wasn't like a far left or far right deal. It was like a <laughs> international news. <sighs> Is right. it weird that I imagine I'm a, I imagine Detroit being like that abandoned warehouse that Ichiro's in from Godzilla's Revenge? Like that's what all Detroit looks uh, like. A, a lot of it is downtown is isn't the worst. Like there's a few streets downtown, like by Wayne State University, where it's like a college town. It's not the absolute worst. And then, like, you venture out of that even a little bit, and you're in, in like, a apocalyptic hell. Oh, man. <laughs> man, Chrysler just ruined you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, um, me not being so big of a collector, 
Um, Matt, this is pretty much, I mean, I'll mediate between you guys, but I mean, this is your show. Like you guys are constantly, did you, did you see the new 60 inch this thing? Oh, I, I just got the new 40 inch that thing from, from this place and this, what do you think of the price? Like, I would, I don't know what you guys are talking about. So uh, I mean, Matt, you this this pod this episode is more or less like your baby here. I know you have some notes, you have some some topics you want to hit. So, um, so I guess where do where do you want to start? Because collecting can mean like anything. Obviously, toys is the big thing here. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I guess I want to start kind of round robin and just ask like what got us into collecting and what do we even collect i mean like for me i think the first thing i started collecting was the uh imperial godzilla figure that i think pr- probably a lot of kids had but also like the trend masters figures that came out right around the time of the uh, godzilla 98 film but um eric like what what started you collecting what do you collect now what does your collection look like now um same starting point uh, the imperial godzillas um then trend masters i started Whenever the series actually like that first that first wave, I was pretty on it, um, and uh, I kind of broke off maybe like around fifth sixth grade and got back into it like my senior year of high school or junior year. And then um, right now, collect a lot of X plus, got a few Bandai's, a few Marmots, stuff like that, but. I'm kind of, uh, we'll get into it later probably, but I'm kind of winding down my collection. It's at a good spot. I kind of have majority of stuff I want. So, Bird, do you, do, what, like, what exactly do you collect? Because I've seen your massive movie collection. Yeah. But um, so. Well, I mean, we'll we'll get into, I mean, I, I do collect movies. Um, and I mean, not just, like, just movies in general, because I'm a movie lover and, just all kinds of all different genres. I like. I, I probably have several thousand titles. Um, and um, as far as within, I guess this realm here, um, the thing I really like now, and I don't know, Matt. We maybe if if did you, were you kind of gonna like do? Okay, we'll talk about books, and we'll talk about yeah. Well, like, we can just kind of run. Okay, so we'll talk about books a little later, but for whatever reason, I'm not entirely even sure why, I, I really like collecting Japanese um, books about this stuff. Not really the text-heavy ones, because I can't read Japanese, but... Um, <laughs> I'm right there with you. And of course, the movies and, and stuff like that. Uh, as far as toys go, I was a big collector when I was a kid. And like a lot of people, I... I um. I just kind of fell out of it as I got older, um, and you know I, I started. We've talked about this before, but I think I think a lot of fans. Um, there's the people that grow up to to keep watching and learning and and kind of learning about the movies and movie making and things like that. And then there's the people that once they have all the movies and they've seen them a million times. You know their energies are focused on on other things, and a lot of that I think kind of is what spills into toy collecting, and uh, and I, that's fine, that's great if that's what people want to do. But I I, I think um, for, especially for a lot of there's certain pockets of of this particular fandom that I think uh, once they've kind of seen and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but maybe gotten bored with the movies. 
you know, they're it's the it's the the collecting that that kind of keeps them involved in the fandom rather than the the content of of the movies that those collectibles are based on. Which again, that's perfectly fine. I don't want anyone to misinterpret that. Um, and uh, but when I, when I was a kid, I was mostly interested in just. Uh, I mean, this is before. I mean, we're talking like elementary school for me, so we're we're pretty much talking like the early to mid nineties. Um, so God, this is, cool. this is really before, yeah, I'm old. I'm so old. So, uh, really, like, there was your Bandai, and then every now and then you'd get your, is it Poppy? Poppy? What? Yeah, you got Poppy. Yeah. I call yeah. it Poppy. I'm probably saying it wrong, though. Um, That's my thing. Did you then, guys ever order anything from, like, the G-Fan magazine? Like, they had, like, uh, they used to have, um, like, dealers. Like, oh, I guess yeah, dealers, con- yeah. Constantly. Um... Uh, and then, uh, what is it? You had your Takara, and then every now and then you'd get something else. Um, and this is before the Trendmasters stuff. Like I said, I'm old. Um, so it, it was really just the, the getting the Bandai stuff was really... That, that was your Godzilla toys that were easy to get. Um, I was fortunate enough to stumble upon the Japanese toys and the fanzines and the, the bootleg VHSs rather quickly, like not too long after I got into the movies, because um, I would go to like the comic stores, and back then, before the internet, before eBay, basically instead of having eBay where you could find or or Amazon where you could find different dealers and stuff like that you would uh ha- they would sell these like magazines where toy dealers and collectible dealers would basically advertise toy shop was like the big one when I was growing up so um it was through toy shop that I learned about G fan and then then it was through G fan that I learned about a bunch of dealers like uh Club Dyke Hyju and um what yep. was Sean uh Sean Lincoln backs one was um Showcase collectibles, um, uh, 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 kimono my house. I don't think they're around anymore, or if they are, they might just be a store somewhere. Um, so that's where I got a lot of this stuff. Um, some of this is kind of going back to our very first podcast, because uh, I kind of touched on, you know, when I discovered that stuff and how I was acquiring it. Um, but really. What got into it got, got me interested in Godzilla anyway was my mom getting me the uh, the Imperial figure, which <laughs> I think we all did. Did anyone our age not have that as a kid? I, I still have mine, so <laughs> I, I still have so. mine too. I actually have two because my mom got one for me and one for my brother, so I actually have two of those. And I I also had the Imperial King Kong. And I also had the uh, I had I had the small and the big Imperial Godzillas, and I had yep. the Kong I, figure, and I had um, uh, I had the bubble blower. <laughs> that um, is awesome. And and uh, there there was also like a punching bag, like an inflatable punching bag. Um, and then Nothing. yeah yeah, yeah um, and then so that's what uh what I first got, and then my. Um, 1993, it was a Jurassic Park-themed birthday party. Um, so I would have been turning eight. Uh, now, I had no idea that... This is, this is how I learned Bandai Toys existed. 
um, my friend, my, my basically my best friend from elementary school through the beginning of college, uh, Mark told his name was Mark. He told me, you know, they make like toys of all these other monsters. It's not just like this little imperial figure. And I was like, no, I don't believe you. And then um, I was like, where are you even seeing this? He's like, oh, like the comic stores, you can see them. And I went to a comic store. I didn't see anything. And I told my mom, I was like, Mark's telling me that like we that these things exist. And I think he's crazy. And my mom just left it at that. And so um, my eighth birthday party, I uh, we went and saw Jurassic Park. Like any eight-year-old who loves monsters and dinosaurs, it blew my freaking mind. Um went home and uh, opened presents. I, I get through all my presents from all my friends, and then my mom's like, there's one more thing I have to give you. So she goes into the attic, and she brings down this big cardboard box. And keep in mind, this is eight-year-old me who only thinks that there's these Imperial Godzilla toys. There's no other Godzilla toys. I open this box, and I have Megalon, Mechagodora, uh, Minya, Anguilus, Gigan. Mothra, <laughs> all, wow. all staring me in the face. That's pretty awesome. Mecha Godzilla, and so and I pretty much just like lost my mind. Um, and I have pictures of 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 that birthday party as well. Um, if I'm not too lazy, I might dig them up and and upload them and share them. But and so that's how I learned that kaiju toys even existed and and from that point until i would say probably through the heisei run um i was buying like every new bandai toy that came out um do you still have all these toys i have some of them um the ones from that birthday party i still have the gigan i still have the minya um i have a couple others uh because see it was probably around, I think the, the 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 last one that I was actively like buying all the new stuff that came out was the first Rebirth of Mothra. I had like uh, I got like the Death Ghidorah. That um, thing's actually pretty awesome, the Bandai Death Ghidorah. Yeah, and I got like the Mothra Leo, and um, I got all those. And then my my focus really just I there's not really a, an explanation other than I just kind of lost interest as I grew into being like a teenager it just didn't stick with me I kind of just grew out of it and I don't mean that as in the like oh you guys are these subhuman man children for still buying <laughs> toys that's that's not what I mean I just mean like I personally just grew out of the hobby um and and so around then, I mean, uh, I and and this is again, this is something I I, I regret doing a little bit. Um, so around that time, I was like, you know, I really don't need these. So that's when I started going on like um, this is like the early days of the internet, like the G Project forum and stuff like that. And I sold off quite a few of them, not all of them. I still actually have a decent chunk of them. Um, and some of them, I'm just and and now it's just like, oh, you know, I should have kept that. You know, not that I would be doing anything with it or displaying it anywhere or anything like that. It's just, you know, you, the older you get, the more those kind of like little symbolic things of your childhood mean to you. Because, I mean, that's that's what every Christmas, every birthday would, would be those toys. And so now it's kind of sad to not have them in my life. Um, 
And and then like uh, for a few years, probably when I was in college, if I saw one of the ones I really liked as a kid for like a decent price at like a G Fest, I would pick it up. I don't do that anymore, really. Um, but like some of the ones I sold and then rebought later were like the uh, the Angelus, like Gorosaurus, uh, Mecha Kong, um, the Baby Godzilla. So there were a few here and there that I rebought, and I mean they're just collecting dust in my bedroom at my mom's house. But again, I mean it's nice that I can have them, even if it's not like the exact figure I had as a kid. Um, and uh, in the meantime, though, uh, mid '90s for most people is also when the Trendmasters stuff came out. So I, I got all that stuff, and I knew it wasn't as, as of the same quality as Bandai, and I knew that Trendmasters had, you know, intentionally overhauled and kind of beefed up the monster designs. And I wasn't always so keen on that, but I knew why they were doing it. Um, and the Trendmasters stuff, I still have like all of because no one, like. No, nobody wanted wants to buy that, <laughs> you know. I mean, <laughs> at least at least when I at least about like like geez, probably like fifteen, sixteen years ago when I was like selling some of my stuff. Um, I mean, no, there was no interest in it. I don't know if the if it's picked up interest yeah. in the Trendmasters <laughs> stuff. Some Trendmasters figures I do have though are the. Um, the uh, Varan, uh, Baragon, and um, Megalon figures. Yeah, those are um, which I know are kind of sought after these days. There, there was a, it was, it wasn't a big run that they made. There's actually a Trend, Ma- uh, Trend Masters Facebook group, and they only have like, they, they basically are looking for like prototypes. Like a bunch of people have the Trend Master like prototype figures, which is insane. Um, but yeah, the, I, I never was able to find the the Megalon figure, like, ever. I couldn't find it. Or, or Varan. Um, so, yeah, I never even saw those in stores anywhere. And I was trying to find them constantly. I yeah. couldn't even find an Angelus at all. Like, I looked everywhere for that. Like, I think it was only available in, like, one of two ways. Like, you had to get, like, that big-ass, like, package of, like, the, the smaller ones. Or maybe there was, like, a power-up one, too. I forget exactly. Like, there's probably idiot. Like, people were thinking out there right now, like, oh, this idiot... <laughs> Doesn't know what he's talking about, but <laughs> yeah, I always I always wanted an Angelus from Trend Masters and never got it. But um, so so my my story is uh, pretty similar. I mean, I started with the Imperial figure and then the Trend Master figures, and now, much like you, Eric, I mean, we both have a, a lot of primarily my my collection is X plus. I do have some M one figures. I have some Marmot figures. I have uh, is it Giga Brain or Giga Brain? I literally don't know. I'm assuming. Uh, I, I don't. I know. don't know, man. It's a uh, a lot of this stuff. You just have it in your head how it's pronounced. Then I, like, I've always said Giga, but then I always pronounce Gigan Gigan until I actually you know. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I think but, it, I always pronounce it Giga Brain in my head. But. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, my, my collection is more geared towards uh, X Plus. And what I want to ask you about is, like, is there a reason why you prefer, say, X Plus over other figures? Because, like, for me, I really more prefer the 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 suits that are well, the the figures that are accurate to what's in the in the film. Um, that's that's what I like. I do like the stylized figures a lot. Like, one of my favorite figures is going to be the the Gigabrain 62, which is great because I have, like, this really awesome blue colorway to it. Um, but X-Plus is kind of where my heart's at. 
and uh, and I started collecting those about three or four years ago, and they just kind of continue to every time something comes out, I'm like, man, I really want that, and then I have to shell out a crap load of money to get it. So, is there a reason why you you prefer X Plus over other figures, or just is it just? I'm, I'm just oh, kind of curious. References. It's the same same thing. Like I just want the the ultra detailed. Um, growing up, look, you know, have, collecting G fans, um, like I always was fascinated by model kits, but uh, I only had a very limited experience actually building them, and I wasn't very good at it. Like <laughs> I, I I can build them okay, but my paint skills are subpar, and subpar yeah. is being generous. Um, <laughs> and so it's, I was always fascinated by models and I, I really wanted that those that level of um quality and like figurines that i, I would have but um so it wasn't until x plus started doing their thing that i was like okay now now there's an option for me um i actually started collecting x plus um probably my sophomore or junior year in high school um the uh, the, the original carded gamma figures and yeah x, yep. yeah x plus usa um they released those stateside and uh, I'd always wanted to see the Heisei Gamer movies and I never had. And I saw like the ad for that. I'm like, man, these look cool as hell. So I actually bought my first DVD player <laughs> to check out <laughs> to the, the original ADV releases of, well, actually first before even that I got bootleg um, copies of two and three. Then I got the original ADV VHS, watched them all. I was like, Man, it's awesome. Then I bought my first DVD player just to have the DVDs for the Gamma movies, and then started collecting the the carded figures, and it was kind of downhill after that. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of. And then I went away from collecting for a few years when I was active duty military, and then I kind of started getting back into it by collecting books first, and I, I kind of wanted something more tangible that I could display, and that's why I got back into figures. <clears throat> yeah, um, and, and I want to segue kind of from that to some of the, some of the um, more negative stuff because I, w- I want to get the negative things out of the way as far as collecting goes, and then kind of hopefully go back to the positive stuff because th- there there are some negative sides of collecting. Um, one is it's, it's it's expensive. We we've talked about this uh, you know privately, and man, you have to shell out a lot of money um, and budget yourself well and kind of pick and choose what you're going to buy, especially if you're like me. I mean, we both have families. I have a kid. I have a house payment. I know you, I mean, you have um, house payment. We all have bills to pay. And I got my first really, you know, decent paying job um, a couple years ago. That's allowed me to afford some extra cash to put towards these toys that I don't need. Um, and the thing is like, you got to be really careful about what you buy. Cause then you find out a month later, like, Oh, I really want this other toy more. And now you're thinking about, the, the thing that I see a lot of newer collectors, and I'm, I'm a new collector, so I don't want to come across like I'm an expert because clearly I don't think anybody on this podcast would consider themselves experts. I know oh, I certainly no. don't. I don't either. <laughs> but <laughs> what, what, what we see a lot of is like people will buy one thing and then something else comes out they want more and then they're going to have to resell it. And so like if you could give tips to newbies, like what would your tips be? Like one of the things well, I would say is buy something that you don't think you would ever sell under any circumstances. Yeah, and and um, also a danger of it is at least like when you and I first got into it, um, you could you could resell at X plus and, and either you know depending on what your predisposition is, you could you could make money, or I'd always just try to just recover the money I, I bought it. Um, 
But nowadays, man, the market is so flooded that if you buy it, more than likely, unless you get lucky with the figure that you buy, you're going to have to sell it for a loss. Yep. So once you buy it, it's kind of like that that car mentality. As soon as it's off the lot, you're you're going to take a hit. So, <laughs> and that, <laughs> um, that's the thing. Like the X Plus, and for those who don't know, X Plus is so X Plus released a bunch of figures. Then they've the jap then the Japanese version. Well, X Plus Japan basically then reissued some of those same figures a couple years later, and now Diamond has started reissuing those same figures and all this stuff is now happening at once where you have the diamond reissues and then you have x plus putting out new you know new stuff as well and so you have all these figures coming out at once and a ton of new people because of social media coming basically to the you know to these groups and being exposed to x plus for the first time and and really discovering it i mean again this is their first uh, exposure to it so you have all these people trying to buy stuff not knowing what's even available and then they turn around and try to sell them you know two months later a month later i mean i've seen some people turn around and sell them a week later oh yeah it's it's, it's insane and, and when you do that you're just you're not going to get your money back there's just no way um that's yeah, one of the and, risks that you that you have yeah man i totally didn't answer your question but what my recommendation would be is similar to your own um collect re- what you really want um Keep in mind, like sort of an overarching uh, sort of idea for what you want your collection to look like. I'm one of those people that um, I don't want to just collect, uh, you know, sort of um, forever um, with just like no mind of space. <laughs> Um, I, I think a lot of it is how you display it. And I think that's a a key. Um, so I would have that in the back of your mind and just really, like I said, keeping in mind in the future of what the else could be released. Like, you know, am I, am I getting this? Cause I I just kind of have that feeling I want to spend money or am I getting it because I really, really want this. And I've, you know, I've, got plenty of figures that i just i probably didn't actually want some of them end up being like oh my you know these are one of my favorites now but um yeah you just i think you have to just keep a lot of things in mind keep a budget also i think that's really really important yeah i mean I, i'm with you my, my collection is to the point where space is at a premium um you we, we've seen we, you know you've been to my house i've been to your house i've seen like your, your collection is set up and displayed really well and my collection, I basically have a back wall that is com- almost completely taken up at this point. And I-, I can't afford to buy a bunch more figures. Um, at the same point, like, I-, I don't really want to anymore. I mean, I'm- my collection is, barring a couple X-plus figures that are haven't actually been put out yet, meaning like the uh, Godzilla 75 30-centimeter figure that I really want them to eventually make. Um, and-, and I'm sure they will at some point. Um, I'm kind of to a point where, like, I'll buy one or two figures that they put out maybe. Um, but I'm trying to, to not buy as, as many figures because at some point, like I don't see my little Godzilla man cave sticking around forever just because I already have a kid. We might have more kids. Like I see my kids probably taking over my basement at some point, making this like a playroom. And at that point, like either my kids are going to win out or my Godzilla collection is going to win out. And it's pretty easy to figure out who's going to win that battle. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's the thing I, um, you know, we're kind of in that phase of our life too, where kids um, could be in the immediate future, and and you have to kind of keep that in mind. Like, unless you just have a huge house with multiple rooms, um, 
you know, what what are you going to do with your collection uh, if you do start a family? Um, they're going to put it in storage for a few years. And, you know, I, I have conflicting feelings about that. Like, uh, on one hand, keep it, yeah. On the other hand, it's just, what what good is it doing you? You might as well sell it and get some <laughs> money back. Um, yeah, I'm with you there, too. And, so, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I, I thought about the same thing. I mean, I thought several times, like, I, I have this several thousand dollar investment. I mean, that's what these figures have cost. And what could I put that money towards? Like, <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's not that I want to get rid of them. I certainly don't. I mean, I, I love these figures, but the downside of collecting is um, it, it takes up space. It costs money. And, you know, I have a three bedroom house with a basement, but like if we ever grow out of this house, you know, my collection is going to be one of those things that there are some pieces that are invaluable to me. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that later because we're going to do a, you know, a countdown kind of a, of our favorite figures. But there are some things that I would absolutely be willing to part with without a, a second thought if it came down to choosing, like, what's best for my family. Like, if something happened to my job, like, my figures are gone. Like, yeah. not even – before I dip into my savings even, you know? Because, like, I, I don't understand. I've seen some people that would rather hold on to their collections and, and not dip into their savings. I mean, more power to them, but – for me, I, I don't think I could do that. Plus, my wife would kill me. <laughs> so. There's, I, I, uh, I might be. This depends. Some of the figures I have, there, there's like probably like five that I like. Okay, we'll dip into the savings a little bit because I'm keeping these. But for the most yeah. part, I'm I'm with you. But there's a few select pieces that I'm like, these these are sticking with us. Um, I'll sell something else. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll sell. <laughs> I don't know furniture or something, but so my leg. I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think uh, people just aren't. I don't. And one thing about collecting, especially X Plus, and it's also um, the same for like hot toys and all. Is being a modern adult collector is it skews your sort of appreciate appreciation for what things cost. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll be talking to like. Um, <laughs> This is going to sound so stupid, man, but I'll be talking to like, you know, um, a family member or something who's not a collector at all. And um, being from Ohio, you got a, a lot of just good Midwestern people that, you know, guns, uh, knives, they hunt, stuff like that. And they'll be like, oh, man, that's a $180 uh, investment for uh, something like they actually need for their house. And I'm like, my mind immediately goes, that's like, that's like one X plus figure. That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and they're sweating they're sweating bullets over it and i'm like my sense of 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 financial sort of worth is screwed up and i know it's me it's not them like this should give you pause when you're like 180 bucks and me i'm like oh that's one thirty centimeter figure spend it yeah sure why not it's nothing so <laughs> all right i just walked back into this uh i'm assuming I really want to ask you something though, Bird, because yeah. we're in the negative section of the podcast. We're trying to get oh, all that boy. the bad stuff out of the way. So you're in a you're you're in an angry, not angry. Maybe yeah, you're angry right now. I can just feel the rage. So one question I have for both of you is how do we respond though? Like one thing I've seen, and th- this goes for the you know Godzilla forums and Godzilla groups and just interacting with other people, especially on just in social media in general. But like one thing I've noticed is I, I don't understand how like collectors they get on each other for like which line they collect or like, Oh, my line's better than your line. Or like, I like X plus and you like Marmon or you like Bandai creation, which I I get Bandai creation doesn't have the best quality, but 
Like they just him and haul about different things. And, and like, why can't it just be collect what you like and let it just let it be that enjoy those things for what they are. Cause I've seen people leave groups like legit, just bail on the Godzilla groups because they've been basically harassed. And that, there's, there's nothing that makes me like just annoyed at that. Like that's the one thing that kind of drives me away. From, I've almost left the groups a couple times because of it, to be honest with you. So what, I guess when you see this kind of like, I guess, toxicity within the groups, what, I guess, what are like the things that, like, what, what's like the kind of thing that would make you, like, what, what are these people doing to other people that, I guess, I mean, I know what you're talking about because I've seen it, but I, I don't like really get it i, think, I guess I like think where really... where is where is it co- where like where like the i guess people feuding or whatever online that you're referring to like where is this like anger that they had like where is it coming from like why why is this a thing i guess is my question i, I don't know like i, I don't understand i don't understand it myself i mean I, it's like um i i don't want to use the, the term elitism by any means but it's like Someone has it's like they think they're either they think their collection's better, or they think a, a, one particular toy line is better than another toy line, and it just becomes like this really to, uh, toxic discussion that turns into like a flame war. And instead of like having a meaningful discussion about like, and, and here's a perfect example: a couple years ago, the X Plus King Ghidorah came out, and it had issues, meaning when they were shipped. Uh, the box and the packaging for the for the figure itself, they were so bad that a lot of the the necks for King Ghidorah actually snapped at the glue seam. It was easy to fix. It actually happened on mine. You had to just take a piece, some glue and put it back on, and you, you it was fixed. But that figure cost four hundred dollars, and you shouldn't have to deal with that for a figure that you pay you know you spend four hundred bucks for. So. There was a bunch of discussion about that, and then it became, oh well, this Ghidorah is better, and that could, and, then, and then like people were just throwing insults it became like people insulting each other over toys yeah um i think sometimes what drives it is actually um sort of a, a jealousy thing like uh, a lot of these things are out of are just out of people's price ranges so it's that's when you get the well the neck is better than the x plus or whatever and if you view it as a cost benefit thing then you could you can arguably make that case, um, a twenty dollar figure that's pretty, you know. But if you're trying to, you know, say that that the, the NECA is more detailed and accurate than the X Plus, usually, that I mean that's a pretty obvious, you know, argument that you, you're going to be wrong. And so, I think I've seen a lot of people just try to come at it from tearing down something that they can't afford, and then. Also, you know, the other one, just people not, it's just like lack of empathy, man. Like then people don't say, well, you know what? I can afford this, but maybe this guy can only afford, you know, bandize or, or gashapons, you know, and instead of just celebrating what people like and what they can afford, everyone's kind of have like this competitive thing. And it's, I don't know, it, it does kind of make the collecting world kind of ugly. Um, well, there was a group that I left just because that's kind of what I saw day in and day out. Um, just, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not really a collector anyway, so there wasn't really a reason why I needed it. <laughs> like, just clogging up my newsfeed, regardless. Um, 
but I guess I don't know. I mean, I'm sure some people who aren't like into movie culture, like we are, could ask the same thing of movies. But like, what makes a good figure versus a bad figure? That's. I mean, because I, like, I honestly don't. I mean, you, if you look at like, okay, the Trendmasters toys that are clearly made so kids can smash them into each other, that's one thing. But if you're like, well, this X plus and this Marmot, like. And they're both like these amazingly detailed things. Like, what, what, what would make one more than the other? And like, it's apples and oranges. Like, especially those two. Those are two. Like, well, extremes. I don't know. I, or who no, yeah, you it's, know? it's good examples though, because uh, X Plus is going to be like, like a model kit. Marmot's going to be like a stylized vinyl. And I think my collecting taste of kind of um, this is going to sound. Or I guess if if there's like a Marmot versus like an M1. Like what? Yeah, would, yeah. What would make yeah. one better than the other? Like I, there's I nothing. Don't it's get entirely it. subjective, man. Just, like yeah, just preference. Like the skull. Like yeah. if you take, if you take the the marmot Godzilla sixty two and the M one Godzilla sixty two. I actually have um, one of each, and it's just a, a preference for which sculpt you might or which paint application you might like better. And the thing is, both of those have a ton of different like color variations to that. Or like the Gigabrain sixty two, which is actually my favorite of any of them actually the gigabrain 62 with the exception of like the gigantic x plus 62 is probably my my favorite godzilla 62 of all it's just preference really um like i mean i don't know maybe it's just because i'm like i said more like immersed in movie culture but like i can tell you why i think like taxi driver is a better movie than like well you got to think too like quality of paint for example like is does the do the are the eyes painted? You know, are they are they actually round? Is the paint bleeding into like the the eyes? Um, for accuracy towards the source material, you know. Yeah, um, but it seems like it, a lot of figures don't even aim for that. Well, know? like with the stylized figures, it's like the paint applications themselves. Like, is the paint chipping when you get it? Is the plastic flimsy? Um, did you get a figure and it was bent out of shape? Or like with the X Plus sixty two, like one of the issues they had was people got warped tails and warped arms. Like the the arms were actually shriveled up to like, I mean they they look instead of like having a tail that was you know, I don't know like three or four inches in diameter, it was like one inch. It the, the air had actually yeah. been sucked out of the tail and was really like messed up. So like stuff like that, like not having defects. And, um, and about your point about accuracy, you're you're right, and it just is kind of like an aesthetic. Like, does the figure look good? And that's entirely like you know we have the um, there's a company called Acro, and they do like these like sort of remix versions of uh, Ultraman monsters. And they did this, I've seen um, those, yeah. They did a Bimular, which is like every, people went nuts over, and I have it. And it's one of my favorite figures, um, but it's not accurate <laughs> to the show at all. Like it, it, but it's an amazing, beautiful looking figure. But if you're judging it by accuracy alone, you couldn't because it's it, you know it's only based on on that original design so i don't know it it's it, why it's kind of weird to see people like tear people apart because it is so subjective and there's no like you said there's more of a science to the movies uh, or uh, even a book but figures are yeah it's like I, th- comedy I think you either. can I, I think you can judge quality of figure like you can judge is the paint job good um but i don't think you can judge like why i like this one better i mean i, I just do which is why my rule is like Buy what you like, buy what you can afford, and leave people the crap alone for what they like. Yeah. Like, just celebrate. You know, I enjoy looking at people's collections because I think 
think it's cool. Like when a guy has a massive Godzilla cave and they have a collection that's like 10 times bigger than mine, I think that's awesome. But I know I'll never have that because I, I just can't afford it and frankly don't don't want that for myself. My goal is not the same as theirs. Yeah, My goal is to have a handful of figures that I can appreciate for myself. That's a, that's a danger also um, is don't be a completionist. Um, <laughs> yeah. few, few, few people are going that route. Um but just don't do it, man. And what's weird is there's a few completionists. Um, recently, it came up. Um, there's people who have spent, you know, they have every figure in the line, and yet they can't recognize what what movie a, a certain monster, you know, comes from, like Kaiser Ghidorah <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, you know, more power to you if you're, if it's just something that you're collecting and and you kind of have like a, a loose appreciation for the movies themselves. But I really, I think it should, everything the collecting wise should stem from the movies. Um, I believe, but you know, that's just me. Yeah. I don't, I don't quite understand how like you're buying figures for movies that you don't even know what they're from. Yeah. Like I, I've, I've done something similar before where I've had, like you know, a Japanese superhero that I've never seen. I was like, oh man, this is a really cool looking figure, but that stuff never lasts. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna spend tons of money on it. Just well, I think but, it's one thing if you're like this thing looks cool and I want it. It's another thing to say, yeah, oh, I'm just buying it to buy it because like I don't know that 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 seems weird to me. But well, it's weird. You know. It's also dangerous, man. Because you know, I have talked about this. Um, it's not actually, yeah. Like, there's a certain uh, compulsion maybe that like you develop as a collector and it can drive you to kind of to, to purchase things in mass quality or, or to, to run out your bank account more than, than you would otherwise want just cause like it's, you're a junkie. You need this fix. Yeah. Um, we all make fun of it and kind of, you know, that, 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 that fresh vinyl smell or whatever, but <laughs> dude, it's, it's true. It's a thing, man. I, I admit that like, like there, there is def. I'm, I'm a, I'm a very, I have a very addictive personality. So like, buying things and like buying new figures, like I, I definitely get this like almost sense of high. Yeah, off of it. yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, you got to rein that in. And and listen, I like I told you before, I have a kid, and I have a wife. Like my wife will, eat, like she will tear me a new one if every day she comes home there's a new box. Oh, me too, like, man. <laughs> you and I went, you and I went nuts over the summer, and. <laughs> my wife just towards the end of it was like seriously another box today and, and it, like how many versions of like you know burning godzilla or gmk godzilla do you really need in your collection to yep. to to hit you know to fit that sort of niche or to give you that sort of buzz like hey i really like that movie or that version you know yeah and it's and to be fair like they're they're right you know like yeah. they're they're, they're kind of right so so getting the negative stuff out of the way like I think there are some really cool things about collecting. I I love to be able to. Ha- I love having the figures representing the monsters from the films that I love so much, like on my shelf, having a massive display. Like I think that's awesome. When you walk into my basement, like you clearly see what I'm passionate about. Um, I have posters. I have I've signed figures. I have books. Um, so like I, I really enjoy being able to share that with other people and like it's definitely going to be a talking point if i ever have people come over like hey what do you you know what do you like i'm the opposite man i'm like besides you um and actually some of my friends kids and stuff like i just like what that room over there with the the, the door shut don't don't go in there there's nothing in there (laughs) (laughs) it's just like it's a little bit of like it's just kind of 
I wish I could be that sort of a nerd and, and proud thing, and I kind of am, but this feels like a whole new, you know, I, I've got to be really sort of uh, close to that person to, to like sort of let them in to, to see the uh, the man cave sort of thing. So, um, yeah, man. So, <laughs> well, the other thing is I get to share, share it with my son, and he right now he oh, yeah. loves all things Godzilla, so. Oh. So what? I, I mean, I know, I know. Maybe you briefly touched on it in the, you know, it's it's like needing a fix. But like, what is it about? Like, uh, I guess my question to you guys, and you know, it's meant respectfully, is why toys? Why figures? What is it? What is it that compels you to get these things? For, and, for and, me, and, it started. And I mean, they they just sit on a shelf. They just sit there. You know, I mean, yep. when I when I was a kid, I got them because I was a kid. You want toys, uh, but like for you guys, like, what is it about these that that makes it mine, just like a compulsion? That no, I want this in my house on this shelf. Like, mine, what is mine? It? Started at a stupid place. <laughs> um, so mine started when I was in uh, getting my bachelor's degree, and I was English major, and I just wanted things around me that I could look at and get inspired when I was writing. And, and that's honestly where it started. I was like, you know what? Um, I'm a huge gamer fan. I wanted a few gamer figures. You know, I'm a really big Godzilla 1962 fan, so I bought the original 30 centimeter X Plus, and I just wanted a few things around me that, like, you know what? This is my sort of zone to get inspired by. Um, and it's kind of, you know, uh, Del Toro uh, does the same thing. A lot of nerd sort of artists um, do the same thing, and it's kind of it, it did help and just having posters and just creating that sort of environment this is originally why i did it i've kind of become self-sustaining and it's kind of like self-aware as skynet but um yeah <laughs> matt what's your excuse uh i wanted something that sort of represented kind of what what i was passionate about and, and sort of an extension of, of who i am and like i very much view like Godzilla is being something I'll never part with. Like Godzilla reminds me of my family, reminds me of my dad, my, my mom. Cause my dad introduced me to Godzilla when I was five. My mom bought me my first toy. And like when, when my parents eventually passed away, like that's something that I'll always have. And so these toys are, are very much just a reminder of that. And now that I'm a parent, like sharing that with my son is something that's just very deeply important to me. And like these toys just remind me of my, of my childhood. And, and at the same point, like they're just, important to me because of, of, of me like i just i really like them i like the movies and like godzilla is the one franchise that i've always come back to um i used to love dragon ball z i used to love x-men when i say used to like i'm just i still like those franchises but godzilla is the one franchise that i've always come back to and it's the one franchise that i've always had just like a, a really fiery passion for for what for whatever reason and so like that's why i've always collected specifically godzilla figures and and i don't know that that'll really the collection may may stop, but like I'll probably always have something Godzilla related in my house. So because it's, of that. it's more or less a hobby that you had when you were younger. That it, it's kind of a, a comfort thing, almost. That it, oh, for sure, yeah. So so it's more or less like you extending a part of your youth into your adulthood. In a it's way. that nostalgia button, and you know, people give the nostalgia's kind of become almost like a dirty word. But it it kind of is that, and it's not a bad thing. No, I yeah, think if it's, if, it's if you keep that link to your childhood, um, and it, you keep it 
in like an adult healthy way, it's a good thing. It's actually kind of, I think it can help you as an adult more than people who just kind of totally separate themselves from mm. it. I think it's good to have that. So for me, yeah. I mean, I, and I get it because like my way of dealing with that is like, I'll watch like one of the first Godzilla movies I've, I ever watched. Like I'll put in the DVD and watch like the dub or maybe I'll even like watch like a crappy pan and scan one or something like so I, I I definitely get like wanting to you know it's not it's not it's, you know I I, I kind of have to tread carefully because I'm, I'm not saying it's putting you into like a man child like stepbrothers territory but it, it is like it's a way for when you come home and you're trying to de-stress what's something familiar and comforting from I guess your your idealized childhood that you remember that you love that can kind of suck you out of get you out of like the soul sucking reality of life and you know <laughs> this Brit- is definitely one of them you know sure, yeah. so so uh, no i i definitely i i get that that's um, exactly and, and what matt was saying too about um i didn't think about it but it's a really strong reason why i've continued collecting you know it's no longer really an inspiration for for writing per se but it's that connection with people that have passed on sometimes that you shared these movies with. And again, it's that, that sort of that feeling just by looking at this stuff. Like my grandfather was, you know, he's the one who introduced Godzilla to my life when I was like two or three. And that was our thing. You know, he fought in world war two. I don't think he had a very strong feeling towards Japanese, but he, he, did it for me and we'd watch those movies and you know and buy me everything you know after every day we'd pick me up from um daycare we'd go to kmart get a new godzilla movie and um yeah so having these things kind of it's a connection with uh with him sort of thing Uh, yeah and i'm i mean i'm totally with you there i have a similar experience but without the racism because <laughs> uh, when I did start like getting into the movies, like um, I mean, I was raised by a single mother, and my grandparents took care of me during the day. And you know, when I would, when I was at school, even sometimes, like I would come home, and my my grandfather would be like, "Yeah, I, I just rented this one. I don't think this is one you've seen yet." And you know, we would watch it, and then uh, so I have a strong link to the old movies with my grandparents as well who both passed away so um and like i still have like a lot of the old vhs tapes i used to watch over and over just for that reason because like it was kind of like our thing like um i don't know if matt you you probably remember because it was on our episode that we recorded together but that ian thorne book i checked out of the library so many times that my grandparents literally photocopied and laminated the whole thing for me so (laughs) so it's 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 the same thing. I totally feel where you're coming from in that um and I mean that's the thing about art. I mean uh now that I'm older some of the movies have held up better than others and some of them I still appreciate, some of them I love more, some of them I love less, but um it all goes back to um really what it means to you in a symbolic way as well. Uh and and I and I mean you know, my my mom and my grandparents were cool about taping, like, you know, different monster movies or whatever off TV for me and things like that. But it's this series in particular that really kind of, that's 
part of the reason... I mean, I still love the movies themselves, but that's part of the reason why it means so much to me personally also. So I'm I'm totally with you there. Yeah, plus, like, I just think Godzilla as a character is just awesome and still very timely. Like, it, oh, it all ties... Like, and I mean, that, that's another reason why I collect. Like, it's not... It, it's all those things kind of combined, and it's, it's, it's kind of hard for me to even articulate, but... Um, I, I think, again, just kind of going back to what we were talking about while you were away, like, you also have to be really careful with it because it can become kind of like an addiction. And, mm-hmm. uh, man, I, I, it's it's one of those things where, like, you can get caught up in, like, buying the next figure and you can spend, like, way too much time hunting for the next figure. Yeah. And ignoring like, what you have. <laughs> ignoring. Hey, it's, it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you're on eBay. Like, what? Yeah. What? Like, why am I on eBay at 3 o'clock in the morning? Um I did, I'm really, really quick, you kind of alluded to something, and it's kind of the fact that it's just it's cool, and um, everyone kind of always jokes like Godzilla is my spirit animal, but it, it's kind of cool. Like you, you walk into like if you're having a down day or having a bird day, basically, where it's just, <laughs> <laughs> you walk into a room and you see a bunch of like you know totems or, or spirit animal, like you kind of just feel like you know I got this. Like I you know I just um, it's a little bit of an energetic boost, just kind of. Just, watching the movie does the same thing, usually even more. But um, for a quick fix, you know, just seeing a bunch of Godzillas and like, yeah, man, you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's um, true. So, uh, I guess my my uh, as an older person, I'm with you guys in that I love looking at people's collections. Like uh, that's why, like maybe every now and then on Facebook, I'll dabble into a page or a group or whatever. Because I do like looking at the collections. Because you're like, it's like you're looking at a museum of of Godzilla and kaiju, which is awesome. But you know, it, it's one of those things where like I I prefer to admire from afar. <laughs> like when I'm at G Fest and I'm surrounded by these tables full of, full of toys, I'll spend forever just looking at them. But I don't yeah. need to. But I don't need to take it home with me. And then if I'm going to put it somewhere, then it, it, that means it's just another thing I got to dust and maintain. And it's just I, you know, I'd rather just look at it. The, the same, like when I go to the Detroit Institute of Arts, I don't feel like I need to bring all the artwork home with me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> First, I got to say, you th- you would think you have to dust and maintain it, but as Matt and uh, my eyes collection can <laughs> attest. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're just we're just not gonna. We're, we're <laughs> I, I don't think a lot of us dust. I think some people do, or they pretend that they dust, but I don't think many of us do. Well, yeah, are they gonna get like cobwebs in their like? I've literally their arms and stuff. I've literally cleaned out cobwebs between like dorsal plates before. <laughs> I'm I'm sure like so one of my big Godzilla figures has like a like spider eggs in there somewhere ready to like. Ne- like next spring they're just gonna like have spiders coming out of them or something i don't know <clears throat> um there are two there are two other points i want to cover to kind of wrap up the the podcast um one is if, if you're new to collecting and you want some tips i just kind of want to rattle off some things that were really helpful to me um a cup a really easy resource for anybody to go to is just google club tokyo uh that website has literally thousands of toys cataloged if you want to find out, hey, I really like uh, Godzilla 73 and you want to buy a figure for that particular suit, 
if you just go to their website, you can do that. You can type in the the monster and the year of that monster suit, and you can find it pretty much every manufacturer and a ton of the figures that were made for it, and you can just look through it until your heart's content. Um, plus, they have a history of, of toy manufacturers. Um, it's a great tool. I think it's actually run by uh, Richard Cox and uh, Mike Johnson. So... That also is tied to the Sci-Fi Japan website, or used to be anyway. Um, and those are just a really easy website that you can go to to find out information. Also, the Godzilla Collectors Group. Um, that's a, a group that I've actually had immense help on. People are typically and can be very helpful if you ask questions. So if you're like, hey, I don't know what this figure is. Can somebody help me with it? And you post a picture. Somebody there will know what that figure is because there's tons of people there that have been collectors for like decades. Um, I mean, Godzilla toys have been around since mainstream, really, since basically the 70s. And there's, there's thousands upon thousands of toys, and somebody there probably has the toy you're looking for. So if you if you have a question, go to that group, and that's Godzilla Collectors Group on Facebook. Those would be the two resources that you should really check out. Um, Eric, do you have any tips for anybody? Oh, get PayPal. Yeah, please have PayPal if you're trying to buy something online. I don't know why anybody would try to pay by check these days, but it does happen. Just just get PayPal. That's the other um. thing I yeah, it's really good advice. Yeah, like PayPal is pretty much if you want to get into this hobby, you're gonna you're gonna need that. You, you need PayPal, yeah. Um, but uh, one thing I'll say, and before you post a question on these forums, um, try to do just a little bit of just basic research and see if you can answer your question yourself. Um, it doesn't make it right, but often, um. It's kind of like you get spammed with just questions that are very, very easy to answer if you had just done a, a simple Google search. Um, yep. So just keep that in mind. Um, some people don't always respond the way they should, but if, if you've been indoated with like, you know, tons of those, it's, it kind of gets easy <laughs> to lose your patience. Um, so keep that in mind. Also, have a thick skin um, when you're going to these forums. Um, you might love a figure, and the universal opinion might be that that figure sucks. And just be able to back it up and move on or not care. Uh, I'd say overwhelmingly, most of these forums are very positive um, to be a part of, but you're going to have days where it's just like, ah, screw all these people, uh, you're all idiots. like just keeping it real like that's you're gonna have days like that um usually being part of community is great but you're gonna have days where it's just yeah so but i think it's really great yeah club tokyo is a tremendous resource um and uh for purchasing new figures and that's probably what you should typically do if you can i'd say ami ami hobby search um uh, hobby link japan are are your go-to's and yep. um, sometimes if you're getting like a so there's a Rick exclusive for the X Plus, which is basically it, you have to go through a third party vendor to or a third party um, purchaser to get it. There's if you go to like the X Plus group, they can link you up with someone like uh, Mike Johnson who will purchase it for you for a fee and and mail it to you. But a lot of this, once you get your feet wet, um, and I would recommend. <laughs> Really, kind of starting small. I don't go for. <laughs> I've seen some people, and I don't know how they do it, but they go right for like a X plus gigantic figure, 
right off the bat as their first figure, and that's you know, five hundred bucks. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just more power to you. <laughs> um, so now comes my favorite part of the uh, the podcast, and I and I and I hope uh, that bird you can maybe think of a list. This while me and Eric are rattling off some things, but we are going to come up with a, uh, we, we came up with a top, we call it our top 10, but we have like big quotation marks around the top 10 because my list is really like a top 15 because I had some ties. I couldn't, I could not whittle down my collection to, uh, to a top 10. Um, so <clears throat> I will go, I'll, I'll do my, uh, my bottom five first and then, then I'll let Eric do his bottom five. So like a number, number 10, I have, uh, the, M1 uh, Gomera, which is actually a, a Bullmark repro, but it was uh, the the Kaiju Sakaba exclusive. It's actually a, a kind of a greenish blue figure that came with an apron, um, which was like a restaurant or bar or something in in, uh, in Japan. Um, you had to get it at the bar itself, so I had to buy it uh, secondary market, which means I had to pay an arm and a leg to get it. But really cool figure. That's my number ten. My number nine is the X Plus King Ghidorah figure. Uh, my number eight, I have a tie for the X Plus Mechagodzilla 75 30 centimeter and the Titanosaurus. Both are really awesome. Um, number seven, I have the X Plus 25 centimeter Godzilla 68 and 73. And then for my number six figure, I have uh, I actually have the Super Festival Gold Ultraman, which I actually have signed by Ultraman himself, which is pretty awesome. Um, I met him at Fandom Fest, and that was a really cool experience. So that's my my bottom five figures, I guess. Was that Ultraman X Plus? Yes, it's it's an X Plus figure. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a nice piece. The one I'm jealous of out of all those is the the Bullmark Gamora. That thing, having seen it in person, and the fact that it's kind of a limited sort of run event um, piece, that thing is beautiful. That's gorgeous. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty sweet figure, and I'm yeah. I'm glad too because I actually ended up selling the. Um, my my ex gomera from x plus and yeah I, and i kept the m1 instead smart call so, yeah <laughs> um so uh damn it um i have a runners up um the 25 centimeter diamond figure i just got the 30 in the other day and it's got size but it's just the sculpt the paint it's not as good as the the 25 in my opinion so um then the uh, x plus gigantic ultraman the bandai lss red king which is like a uh probably a 40 centimeter scale um vinyl uh red king figure that came out a few years ago is sculpted um by the guy who did the suit for the ultraman max series like they took like a digital scan of the suit that thing is pretty sweet, having seen it in person. Yeah, man, it's it's awesome. Um, the X Plus uh, Gigantic Sakai Godzilla 1999. Um, the giant brown uh, variation Marmot Godzilla 1962. And then the uh, X Plus Gargantua's set. Oh, how many was that? One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, uh, I think that's that five, so... <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so my my, uh, my top five. I have a tie for the uh, the Gigabrain six, uh, Godzilla sixty five and the sixty two. The sixty two I actually have signed by Nakajima, uh, which I had done at the Fandom Fest. Number four, I have the X Plus Godzilla Rick sixty four light up, uh, which I also have signed. 
And then at number three, I have the X Plus Sakai Godzilla 91, which I've signed by Satsuma. And then at number two, um, I have my gigantic burning Godzilla. He actually fell to number two. Um, and then my number one is actually my M1 Nakajima figure, which is the um, half Godzilla. Well, it's got the Nakajima coming out of the suit, basically. And that's signed by Nakajima as well. But that's actually tied with, believe it or not, my Imperial Godzilla figure. Because that, that figure has... It was my first Godzilla figure in all the nos- nostalgia in the world. Um, like, if my house were burning, I would grab those two figures and run out with them. <laughs> so, that that's actually... and Like, that figure means so much to me just because my mom got it for me. And I'll, I'll probably take that with me to my grave. <laughs> so That's awesome. Um, ironically, my... Uh, next one is the uh, signed M1 Nakajima figure. <laughs> um, I had to go through a third party to get it and pay a little more. Um, but I, I saw yours. I was like, man, that's that's something I have to have. So um, next one would be the X Plus Rick uh, Train Biter 1954 Godzilla. It came with the base. Really cool piece. And then I have. Um, Two tied pieces: the X Plus 30 centimeter Gamera 1995 and the 1967. Um, the next two are kind of I display them as a pair, and I can't imagine displaying them separately, so that's why they're together. The Max Factory Sakai uh, Gamera 1999—it's a gigantic scale, and it pairs up perfectly with a cheapy crane toy of the the Sega Hyper Gauss, and they look perfect together. And then uh, my number one is the X Plus Gigantic Godzilla 1962. Yeah, I think it's pretty sweet. Yeah. So, um, Bird's probably asleep. Yeah, he probably oh, passed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that probably my most prized possession is actually not so much the toy, but I have um, Nisha Cow when I was in uh, at Fandom Fest. He did a, a drawing of the four, uh, four Godzillas who were there. And Ultraman, they're basically just their faces. And then I had, then I had all of them sign it and get them and get in the, got their stamps on it. Um, plus, I got Nishikawa's signature, and I have that actually framed on my wall. Like that's probably out of everything I own, I would say that's probably my most prized possession, just because I have all the Godzilla signatures. Um, but that's not technically a toy, but I'm still pretty like geeked about that thing. I think I posted a picture of that on Facebook, but that's that's probably my most prized possession. Yeah, I'm right there with you. The, I forget what they call it, the whiteboard or whatever that we yeah, got the, the, at the, the dinner. the whiteboard, yeah, the one that I yeah. had uh, Ishikawa draw. That thing is freaking sweet. Yeah, it's, that's right up there. I'd probably save that before any of the figures. So, so Bird, are you sleepy napping on me? Uh, What's going on now? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, that's our collecting episode. Bird, Bird uh, <laughs> has to go to work soon. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to talk about other stuff? What? We can talk about books if you really wanted to. What, what was I supposed to answer a question? I'm so confused right now. Do you have anything like? Do you have like a top ten like collectibles thing? Do you have like a list? Uh, like, I don't. Do you have like like a rattle off like a top top five possessions of bird that you would like or um, top one even just. I can give you some stuff. Uh, okay, so this is just anything like related that is like that I value, right? Yeah, like related to to kaiju, like well, you wouldn't want to be. <laughs> like I said, I mean, I I've kind of distanced myself from the toys. Um, uh, I will say, like, um, 
With like my band eyes, the ones that um, I got on that birthday that I still have, and um, the originals, not the ones I rebought. Um, so like I have the Gigan, um, the Minya. Um, so like those, the Imperial Godzilla and the Imperial King Kong, because uh, my mom got me those, and that's really what made this happen to begin with. Um, and then uh, the photo of me that I got signed in 2008, it's a picture of me when I was 12 with Nakajima, and it's signed by Nakajima in 2008, and it's the two of us together in 1996. Um, those are like my most prized possessions. Um, oh, and and that photocopied Ian Thorne uh, book that my grandparents put together for me. Um, so that, that's like my most prized, like sentimental stuff. Um, those are the that's... ones I would grab coming out, like if the house was burning down. Um, and then like, I guess like my favorite things that I own, um, uh, would be probably not any, I mean, I, I like the, like, I, I just, I guess the stuff that I like the most, like now disregarding like the sentimental part would be like um a lot of the japanese books i have uh i have the book that kawakita did that was all the uh toho vehicles and mechs from 1954 through i think tokyo sos um and it's not just the godzilla series like it's got you know the mysterians uh atragon war in space sayonara jupiter any the toho sci-fi stuff from 54 through 2003 um it has like picture behind the scenes photos of any piece of uh like um any like battleships or vehicles or mechs um it's like a basically like a toho sci-fi mech encyclopedia so any ships stuff like that um in the mid 90s there were the two um pictorial book of godzilla books do you guys know what i'm talking about yeah i do actually i want to um, get those yeah those are awesome the first volume one is just all the godzilla suits from 54 through space godzilla and um volume two is all the non-godzilla toho monsters um and again that's also with monsters outside of the godzilla series uh from uh 54 well i guess technically 55 through um destroya and it's it's mostly just like the title says pictorial so it's mostly photos they're all black and white but there's a lot of like really cool behind the scenes photos concept art stuff like that um uh ed g's illustrated encyclopedia of godzilla um which was uh an indie book from the mid 90s it's very hard to come about um I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I got it when it. I got it when it came out because I don't know. I'm old enough to have been around then. Um, I'm not sure how e- how hard they are to find now. But do you guys know if the two Stuart Galbraith books and the the Steve Rifle book are those still easy to find? I, not unless you go through like I think basically secondary market like ebay yeah but i mean like can you acquire them for like a decent price if you get lucky probably okay 
Because yeah, um, I mean, those those three books are like essential for me anyway, and th- so that's like the um, Japan's favorite monster by Steve Rifle, and then uh, Monsters Are Attacking Tokyo, which is probably like my favorite English language book on the genre. It's basically an oral history of of the entire genre um, and exclusive interviews with everybody pretty much, um, especially in the Showa days. And then um, Stewart's other book, Japanese Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, I think it goes it, it goes from 52 until 92, 93. I think it starts with Kurosawa's Rashomon and then ends with um, Godzilla vs. Mothra, the Heisei one. So very, I mean, it's way out of date, but um, it's a really nice volume of, um, it's a really great resource if you want to look at, like, quotes from critics from when these movies came out. Um, Pre-internet, it was, like, my Bible, because it had so much information in it. Um, uh, So those are, I don't know, those are the things that come to mind. I mean, I have other stuff. Oh, I have a, a, um, a Bandai Titanosaurus figure that's signed by Nakano. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Um, Another good book that I want to reference. I don't know if either of you have it, but um, if you say Age, Age of the Gods, no. Yep, that was uh-huh. the one uh, that I missed because I said like I bought a G's book. I bought like I bought all these books the second like they came out, and the one that I missed for whatever reason, I don't even know what it was. Age of the Gods, which to this day is impossible to find and has yeah, you so can't much find that anywhere and the, and the thing about it is it's pre-internet and it has so much like exclusive content exclusive interviews and stuff that you can't find anywhere else and they haven't been republished anywhere else except i mean you might find a quote here and there in like the david callett book or something but no that thing is impossible to find um i i ran into it at a g fest like a long long time ago and i passed it over because I was like, oh, I'm sure maybe I can find it cheaper somewhere else, and nope, never happened. That was a mistake. That's, I can, uh, that's my biggest regret, is passing over <laughs> that, the one chance I had. When we meet up, I can bring it over. Uh, mine's, my copy's, can I steal it? No, my copy's okay. <laughs> Some of the pages are kind of getting loose, so I, I try not to read it that much. But um, yeah, man, it's a treasure trove. But hopefully the new Honda book coming out next year should kind of fill that, that gap. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ed and Steve have both done amazing uh, books before. So, um, and I mean, they, with I mean, I I saw Ed's panel at G Fest last year, and I mean, just the work that him and Steve and the the Honda family even uh, put into that thing is like immeasurable. So it it should be a treasure trove. Um, and I mean, it's it's still in print; and it's easy to find. But like uh, other book. The other book I really like is August book, the Subaraya one. I mean, oh yeah, fantastic stuff. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I have like different Japanese monster encyclopedias and stuff like that that I like. But um, but those are the ones that really stick out as I guess my favorite uh, things that I that I own. Um, uh, do, you have, do you have a favorite pictorial book specifically? Uh, probably the, the original pictorial book, Volume 2. Um, I mean, yeah, it's outdated in that it only goes up through Destroya, but, I mean, they're so comprehensive, um, in the, in, I mean, they're very, 
excuse me, they're very set on just showing you these suits from every angle, the concept art, stuff like that. Um, did you get did you got that Nakajima uh, pictorial book that just came out recently? Didn't I don't you? have that one or the Kawakita that thing is inc- one. That I, is, those two are incredible. I would recommend you get those. I have the one that uh, for uh, um, Murase the the suit. Uh, oh, that's great! Yeah, um, yeah. And that, the that's Nakajima a, book is amazing. Yeah, I have um, the, the Murase book too. Yeah, and, and I, the Murase. I mean, they're all kind of like that one, right? I I'd like to get all. Yeah. Of them. The yeah. the Nakajima book is is the in my opinion the 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 best of the three. I agree. It, it just has better better pictures. Plus, I got I got mine signed because it it was I don't know. Man, I, I got like a, a thousand things signed by Nakajima when I met him because like that was a once in a lifetime thing for me. But that that book is incredible, and I also have that new Ultraman book I sent you the got the link about mm-hmm. coming. It'll be here in like a a week. I have the the uh, Toho and Subaraya like monster encyclopedias that just came out. The ones that are like super, like yeah. comprehensive. That Ultraman encyclopedia, the Subaraya one, looks huge. Yeah, Isn't it's it worth huge. the Toho one. It's but almost pictures... It's almost twice as thick as the Toho one. Yeah, I actually don't like it that much because the pictures are so damn tiny. Like, they have to make the pictures small because there's so many different monsters. Yeah. But, um. I think that if you if you buy like single volumes that kind of break it into eras of other books that have been done, I think you can get more monies. I don't know. I just I don't like that book that much. Actually, I've thought about kind of shut up, <laughs> chucking it. But um, so, what's your favorite Shin Godzilla memorabilia? Yeah, none of us have a. <laughs> Uh, does the Godzilla versus Evangelion T-shirt count? It's not really a Shin Godzilla shirt. You did get that, didn't you? Yeah, but it's not like a Shin Godzilla shirt. It's just like a crossover. It's like, like I have a picture of Godzilla and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man holding hands. Like, I don't, it's I I don't, I don't uh, that doesn't count as like a. It's not a Shin Godzilla shirt. I I did get my son the Bandai Shin Godzilla figure. Yeah, that's the yeah. only thing I have. I've got a few books I want to highlight real quick. Um, as a Gamera fan, the Heisei uh, Gamera Perfection book. Yep, it's a great book. Is, is amazing. Um, I also have the uh, the Gamera two point five comic book or, or manga that's like the like um, it takes place in the Heisei universe, but it's like Gamera versus Barugon, basically. But like yeah, in the, I, the I know Heisei the one films. you're talking about. Yeah, that's amazing. And then, lastly, um, there was a they did like a colorization of Ultra Q a few years ago, and they have like a companion piece book that's amazing. And it was funny because um, I I looked at the thing like all the time, and I was running a film festival, and this guy comes over here and talking to him like I recognize your face, man. So I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go home real quick and grab a book, and I'll be right back. I grab the Ultra Q book, and I. Came back and sure enough, this dude, uh, he owns Legend 3D, which is a company that did the colorization um, for Ultra Q, and, and he has this picture in this Japanese book. It's like this is you, and like, and so I had him sign the book. But um, yeah, That's I don't know. That was kind of, yeah, it was a weird situation. Um, but I'm a big Ultra Q fan, so that was cool stuff. Um. And then there's some good art books, too. Uh, the Yuiji Kaida book is good. Um, the Nishikawa book is really good. Um, do you got, do you, one, at least one of you has that one, right? I think we both do, actually. Well, yeah. I, have, I have two Nishikawa art books. 
Yeah, he keeps doing like a new one like every year now. So uh, yeah. he's really prolific. I, I've got one. Um, I'd like to get. A, you have like one with the yellow cover that's really good, but um, yeah, yeah I, I have the one. I think it's just called the Art of Godzilla, but it's got like all his concept art for all the movies, and not just, it, but also like um, like the Grand Caesars TV show and um, stuff like that. And there's a lot of like un- concept art and like unused designs for Orga and stuff like that that are really wild and crazy and uh, that I haven't seen online even anywhere. So. Um, that's another one that I would recommend. Um, I think that's the one that, that I actually have. It, it, it has, that's, I think that's a yellow cover book, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong. but uh, No, I think you're right. I think that's the one he's talking about. I, I believe. Um, venturing out of Japanese territory, a book I know me and Eric really like is, uh, and I mean, you can say what you want about the movie, but it's a great book, is um, The Natural History of Skull Island. Dude, that book is so freaking awesome, Which man. is basically, I, again, <laughs> however anyone feels about Peter Jackson's King Kong aside, basically what Weta did was they pretty much mapped out and designed that island from start to finish. So, like, all the vegetation, all the insects, different creatures, they designed... And then, I mean, basically what ended up happening is the what, the dinosaur and insects and stuff they like the best are what goes into the movie, but they pretty much like uh made up an entire island and just dozens and dozens of of completely fictional species and what they did with all that stuff is they put it into a book that's basically like a fake encyclopedia of of the creatures of skull island and that's what this book is the art's really awesome uh this one is out of print i believe right eric yeah i think it's pretty expensive now too like um, but it's great. But the, it's and, it I is. Mean, it's it, better it, than the movie, <laughs> right? It's it's it really is like um uh, you look at that and like you you really I really do appreciate what the the work they went into into bringing Skull Island to life, and it's it's a great book. Um, any of the Harryhausen books are good. I mean, if we're venturing along that kind of territory, um, but a I, book that came out last year called the creature chronicles if you're a big creature from the black lagoon uh fan it comprehensive as you can get for all three films uh it's like 75 bucks so it's expensive but you know the gill man is godzilla's brother from another mother same year um, have, you, have you read the del toro book yet bird uh, the one that we that just came out. He just came out with two, man. One of them I think is garbage. Which one? I, I have a couple Del Toro books. Uh, Cabinet of Curiosities is really good. Um, that might be the one I think is garbage, actually. Is it is the one it, that just came out? That's the one from a few years ago. Okay, the older one is the better one. Like That's the good one. The one that just came out that's supposedly just about his collection, I think... Yeah, it doesn't even go into detail like the other one does, so I just nah, can't It really, it. yeah, I, I mean, and I know there's, like, things in his collection that aren't in that book. <laughs> that, that's, I know, that's, that's what bothers part. me. <laughs> yeah, because he had, like, a uh, a bust commissioned of, um, oh, God, what's his name? The guy, he has play all of his monsters. Uh, Doug Jones? Doug Jones, he had like a bus commissioned of him, like in the Ber- Bernie Wrightston sort of Frankenstein monster thing. Oh, like I bet how that's like, awesome! 
yeah and like his how, how he's going to do his live action frankenstein movie and like what the the monster is going to look like and apparently he has it somewhere in his house but and he has also the all the mountain of madness like he has some of the marquettes and stuff oh i'd love to see oh uh, when i why <laughs> He also has a, he also has like several kaiju rooms, and I think Dude. all that all that's in the book is that like giant Balton that's like next to Linda Blair for some reason. Um, you can see like little pieces if you look. You have to like, almost get like a magnifying glass because they're hidden. But like, yeah, that's that's the main one. Um, he's got like a little Ultraman. He's I'd say he actually has more Ultraman stuff than he does like Godzilla or anything else. Like apparently, if you actually if you follow him on Twitter, like he's always like retweeting. Um, uh, stuff that Subaraya post or um, the the guy who does Metal Gear Kojima or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, he's a big Subaraya fan too, so they're always geeking back and forth and shooting stuff to each other. So, um, and I know me and Matt are really big on this. Oh, oh, oh my gosh, I'm stupid. Um, one that I just got at G Fest, a Japanese book that I really love. Is um, do you guys remember uh, Studio um, Ghibli when um, Anno and Higuchi uh, and Miyazaki hosted that uh, like Tokusatsu exhibit? Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a book. Uh, it, it was the book that they sold in the gift shop, and it's it's pretty thick. But um, it basically is a book that highlights every piece that was on display uh, at that exhibit, and there's legitimately hundreds uh and it, it it goes deep so i mean yeah you have godzilla and gamera stuff from the showa and heisei eras props suits miniatures but you also had um uh stuff from uh um ultraman ultra 7 ultra q i mean all the ultra series um stuff like mighty jack the subaraya show um the full like atragon ship um tons and tons of sketches and concept art that's like been preserved over the years um one that i really liked was seeing um i don't know if you guys know this but uh toho at one point were going to go in on a co-production with hammer to do a loch ness monster movie yeah, yeah. And uh, in this book, there's actually, like, uh, and it's the first time I've ever seen this. I don't know if, how, I haven't seen it online, I haven't, but they have, like, the sketches of what Nessie would have looked like in that movie. Um, what? Yeah. you got to post that, man. <laughs> I think I've seen, like, a poster, uh, I think, like, a mock-up poster. For, yeah, there, there's, like, a day. mock-up poster that just says Nessie, and there's, like, it's, like, water dripping off of it, but that's the only time I've ever seen, like, what Nessie would have actually looked like. There's a little bit of, I think, it's, it's got to be misinformation that says um, the dragon prop from Toho's Princess from the Moon is left over from Nessie, but those two movies would have been, like, ten years apart almost, and I have seen no actual evidence to suggest that other than in some Jap... In, in the Toho um, monster encyclopedia called... Um, it's called the Godzilla Chronicles, and there's, um, like, a different pages for unmade projects, and there's one for Nessie, and then it's just, like, a, a, a Photoshop thing with, with that dragon from that movie like in there so i think that might be where people got the idea but as far as i know that's absolutely not true and the the prop for that movie was designed for princess from the moon not nessie so that's the only time i've ever actually seen 
the Nessie from that. And then they also had stuff from, like, the old Toho war movies. Um, and also, I mean, newer stuff, too. I mean, suits and stuff from the Millennium series, from uh, Higuchi's Lorelei, um, uh, and Sinking of Japan. Uh, stuff from, like, even, like, uh, things that, like, are obscure, like... Um, the Message from Space television series and the uh, Sinking of Japan television series from the 70s. And, I mean, it's just tons of concept art, sketches, uh, and and it's it's how these things are now. So, I mean, some of them are holding up pretty well. Others, like, uh, different um, suits and heads are just, like, deteriorating and kind of sad-looking. But it's it's a really thick book, and it showcases every piece that was on display at that museum. And... It, it's 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 really cool. Um, so yeah, catching up a little bit. That's that's one of my that's like probably my favorite like newer thing that I've gotten in the last like year or so. That's awesome, man. Um, but on that note, I was talking about Japanese books. Um, Matt, I know Matt is uh, gonna be with me here, and Eric, you you'll at least be able to meet us halfway because I know you have some stuff too. But like, why do we like the Japanese books so much? I don't know. <laughs> The ones that we can't read? Yeah. <laughs> I've got my wife, I think, thinks I'm insane. Cause like every night I'll have like a stack <laughs> of them and I'll just kind of just pick one at random and I'll just, you know, flip through it. And like <laughs> I do that usually instead of actually reading a book in the in a language that I can understand. But I don't know why. <laughs> if you guys could break it down for me, that'd be great. But <laughs> I think, I, I mean, <sighs> the. the, the the main reason that I like them is just because I love seeing how movies are made and seeing the behind the scenes pictures and like seeing the scale of the, like when you're watching a film, you can't tell how big some of the miniatures are, but like when you see like a person walking on set, you realize how big some of that stuff is. Like, oh, yeah, like you look, look at the original Mothra prop. That's exactly what I was going to mention. Like the Mothra prop seeing how freaking huge that thing was. <laughs> like, uh, that's massive. Yeah. Like just, just seeing that kind of stuff and seeing like some of the wire works and, 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 I'm fascinated. Like one of the reasons I love uh, Tokusatsu in general is just like the art behind putting the film together. And one of the ways you can see that is, you know, seeing the behind the scenes photos. And that that's the whole reason for me anyway. Uh, yeah, for me, it's similar. I think for me, it's always the thing about these movies is the disadvantage comes in two forms. One is that they're old so predating the internet, I mean, there's there's not a record of history and stuff that you can look at that was coming along as these movies developed like there is now. And combine that with the fact that they're foreign, and we're only going off of translated materials, which sometimes a bad all it takes is a bad translation or a misinterpretation to completely warp something completely out of... Uh, into something it's not. Like I just said with that, that book that had that... Pr- prop in front of like the unmade Nessie movie and now everyone says that's where that prop is from like all it takes is something little to make to turn something into something else and the fact that these movies information basically what I'm trying to say is my long-winded way of saying the, the information regarding these movies in the states is still scarce um but that's kind of on the other flip side of that it's kind of cool like the fact that they are 
foreign and so a lot of them are so old that it kind of makes like this mythical like toho verse or whatever where like well, that that's that's what like makes narnia or something well you know? that's that's what makes it fun again is uh that's that's like the only thing we have left from the pre-internet days of like discovering a new movie and not knowing it existed is maybe discovering a new like a uh, fact or something and uh, like I was just talking about that Nessie sketch, like stuff like that. Like when you stumble upon those things, that's like the closest thing we have to, uh, to that feeling of discovering something before the internet. So yeah, it I, I it it is, it is cool when you're able to discover new things, and I think that's why I like the Japanese books because seeing the different behind the scenes photos and every now and then, I mean. You a book. Uh, you you get a Japanese Godzilla book, and it might cover a movie like um, that isn't so um, like popular or something. Like something like the Human Vapor. Like you'll maybe get some behind the scenes photos from that film that you know most books wouldn't cover. So like that's what I look for when I pick one up and I I go through it. I look for like what movies are included and what what am I looking at? Is it something that I haven't seen before? Cuz like some of these books like that Murase book that we talked about has so many photos and behind the scenes things that I've never seen. And that's why I was like, "Okay, yeah. Here's my 70 yeah, if bucks." If you're a Titanosaurus fan, you owe it to yourself to get that book. There's so many <laughs> Yeah, I love Titanosaurus. Pictures of that suit and the design process that I've never seen anywhere else. And I yeah. mean, I, I can't read the language, but I like how comprehensive they are. Like, um, I like that most of them don't just cover the Godzilla series. They'll, like I said, they'll touch on something like the human vapor, or the Mysterians or, uh, or whatever. And, and like, since those are things, movies that are obscure, even some of them are even kind of obscure there nowadays. Like, being able to find new photos and new information on that on those is like that's what I look for. No, that's a good point because like the Godzilla series has been covered pretty extensively here. You might not have all the you won't have all the all the pictures um, with uh, English language books, but you can get a lot of good information. But the stuff that's not Godzilla related, that's the stuff that it's kind of that I kind of um, aim aim more towards as a, as a kind of mature in my my collecting because um, that's the stuff is, it's just not covered in any english language yeah. books really and i mean that's also like that's also kind of like what i say whenever we cover the non-godzilla stuff on the podcast is like these movies have just been like discussed to death and there's so many great films made by the same people that nobody is talking about yeah yeah that's a good point one other cool thing sometimes is you'll get like um storyboards and stuff which I find fascinating because the storyboards deviate from what you actually get in the film a little bit. Yeah, and, I, that's and, also and that, why I like the concept art, especially when you get into the Heisei and Millennium series. Because, oh, yeah, it's like, awesome. Like, the concept art is so much cooler that, than what wound Dude, up on the screen. Every um, time, almost, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> every single like time. every time the concept art looks so much cooler because, like... When you the concept art is like what they throw together without thinking about budget, without thinking about anything like that. They're like, okay, these are the designs. Like they just go off the cuff and draw a billion things, and it's like, how would this have even worked? Knowing like the the limited budget, like a movie like Godzilla two thousand or whatever has. Like, so that's what I really like. Like that Nishikawa book has some design. Like it's got like a bun- It's got like tons of designs for Bagon, that unused thing that like 
was supposed to be in like six movies now and never wound up in anything. <laughs> and there's some of them that I hadn't seen before. Like there's one where he's like a big elephant like creature, and I'm like, I never saw this bef- design before. This isn't how would this have ever happened? Pretty much. Yeah. Like I like seeing stuff like that. Yeah, I, I love the behind the scenes stuff. Absolutely. Sure. Like I love the all, all the concept art. I, I love seeing that, which is why. Like I'm really curious to see if the Shin Godzilla book, when that ever, when that thing that's been delayed like three times ever comes out. Did that like, never I really come out? Some, no, it's been delayed again. It's not coming out till like the end of this month. Um, I really want to see if uh, some of the the concept art for Godzilla, like what the other designs could have been. Yeah, I think it's a good segue to maybe the last thing we hit on. Um, do you guys currently have anything pre-ordered, ordered, uh, some, anything that you have coming in? Or uh, Matt and I both just ordered the limited edition Message from Space Blu-ray <laughs> from Shout Factory. I love that movie. You sad <laughs> bastards. <laughs> I love that movie There's so only much. a thousand. Every ten years when I decide I want to rewatch it, I need that <laughs> Blu-ray because if I don't get it now, I'm never going to be able to get it once it runs out. <laughs> <clears throat> it's a great movie. I don't care what anybody says. Um, I, so yeah, we we have that. I have the. I don't know what the name of the book is because I don't read Japanese. But the new there's a new Ultraman book that I, I touched on earlier. It's, it it basically is Ultraman Ultra Q, and it's it's all it's it's basically highly just tons of behind the scenes photos from the series that that just got released, and I have that on the way. Um, I'm toying with the idea of getting the the Godzilla 84 X plus I haven't decided yet. We'll see. Um, aside from that, no, I'm trying to, to not buy as much stuff. I know you, what do you, what do you have coming, Eric? I know you have a couple things I think coming, coming your way. Yeah. Well, first, don't you have the Biolanti or did you get that already? Uh, Biolanti, I, I do have on pre-order and I paid for it. I'm just waiting for it to be released. Finally, they've delayed it like five times. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had that paid for since, like, July. Dude, I know. You keep on saying, like, it's any day now. <laughs> so I don't know if you actually I, got it or I not. actually, like, I, it, it's been delayed so much, like, I literally just forgot about it when you even asked me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've got – this is going to seem hypocritical because after everything I said about budgeting and, and <laughs> earlier, like, <laughs> X Plus released, like, um, just so much of what I, I've always wanted <laughs> at the same damn time. So um, I've got – the X Plus knife head from Pacific Rim um, pre-ordered uh, should be dropping this week, um, and the 30 centimeter Gauss, which has been like, if you know me at all from the X Plus forum, I've been wanting that the the original show of Gauss like for years. They teased it back in August of 2014, and then I'm gonna try to track down the Ultraman A type versus Bemular set. Um, didn't pull the trigger on that soon enough but i think i'll be able to find it so that's it for me and that's probably going to be it for the 2017 unless x plus does like a go mess and lytra set from um x uh, ultra q but that's probably it for me for a long time so uh yeah thanks for having me on it's been fun and uh hopefully you'll be hearing from me uh, again soon yeah man we have so we have a cool episode coming up uh with with a couple other people soon so <clears throat> um yeah man it's been fun and uh hopefully we don't spend our all of our monies <laughs> on toys <laughs> all the monies all the monies all right later man later